0: and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
1: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At Nile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
0: This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
1: You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store, but did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right, Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere, online, in store, on social media, and beyond. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bof, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash bof to take your retail business to the next level today. shopify.com slash bof.
2: Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of the Business of Fashion. Welcome to the BOF podcast. It's Friday, February 9th. Pat Boguslawski is the Polish movement director setting the fashion world in motion. He created the German model Leon Dame's viral runway stomp that closed the spring-summer 2020 Maison Margiela show. Last month in Paris, he reconnected with longtime collaborator John Galliano to design the seductive broken doll movements that captivated audiences at the Margiela
3: Couture show. There have been few shows that had this kind of instant impact and lingering impact as well it felt like a return to the incredible grand visionary days of fashion in the 1990s i always tell the models that sometimes it's better to give
4: more than less for me movement is so important you know what i mean imagine watching that collection with like a street walk this week on the bof podcast
2: our editor-at-large, Tim Blanks, sits down with Pat to examine his role in creating some of fashion's most memorable recent runway moments. Here's Pat Bogoslowski with Tim Blanks on the BOF podcast.
3: Hello, this is Tim Blanks. For the BOF podcast this week, we are talking to Pat Bogoslowski, who on January the 25th in Paris under a full moon, was one of the main players in John Galliano's extraordinary show for Maison Margiela's artisanal collection. People are still talking about the show, and in my many decades in fashion, there have been few shows that had this kind of instant impact and lingering impact as well. Um, I mean, John Galliano used to be amazing at making this kind of magic. And I think that's really what excited a lot of people is that It felt like a a return to the incredible, grand, visionary days of fashion in the 1990s. Now, Pat was the movement director for the production, and anyone who has the good fortune to be there will obviously, their heads will be swimming with visions of the incredible-looking creatures moving in the most incredible way around the artisanal set. So, Pat... I'm dying to find out what the secret of all that magic was. Is there one, or is it just a lot of hard work? Hard work. Welcome first of all, welcome.
4: Hi Tim, how are you doing? (laughs) Hi Pat. Hi everyone. Yeah, it was definitely hard work. And obviously the maestro John Galliano that put all the team together and he creates the most iconic collections, plus the full moon, right?
3: How important was the full moon do you think?
4: I definitely liked the fact that it was going pretty good together with the whole setting and everything that was happening, you know, at this location.
3: But there was a witchcraft in that show. Yeah. And I think it was everything. I think it was the way that the the clothes and the sound, yeah. are, you know, the way the music went from that version of Fast Love, George Michael to yeah. Vivaldi and the strange combination and the and then the movement, I mean, and the, well, the corseting, first of all, <laughs> the bodies yeah. of the models yeah. were corseted into quite extreme shapes. Absolutely. And your movement that you directed
4: amplified Yeah. Those and shapes. it was very hard for me because, I mean, hard in a way that I wasn't wearing the corset. So I couldn't really imagine how they really felt. I mean, I could only imagine, but I couldn't kind of experience it on myself. But I was very aware to give them really good directions so they could feel obviously free, but at the same time comfortable. You know what I mean? I didn't want to see any pain, but there was a lot of pain. (laughs) What's that? I mean, in a way, obviously that they felt very... Limited and obviously
3: the corsets were super tight. I thought they were you know, trained into the corsets over, over the weeks. So yeah, I think they the like, I feel like it's like wearing uncomfortable
4: coming. high heels. You know what I mean? Mm. So they were kind of maybe feeling a little bit restricted. And I was telling some of the models, you know, if they felt uncomfortable in their looks, I remember saying, use that. You know, use that pain, use that suffer in your character. Just use whatever you're feeling right now. If you're wearing uncomfortable shoes or maybe they're too high, just don't try to fake it. Don't try to be perfect. Just let me
3: see. Let me see the suffering. (laughs) So what was the process? How did you work with John? You've worked with John Galliano for years Yeah, six, seven years now. Yeah. This obviously was the consummate creation for you both. Yeah. How did you work with him on the show? What was the actual creative process?
4: It's really interesting because John is the only one designer that is booking me for all the feeding days. I'm with him basically seven or six days already before the show. So I'm part of the whole process of the fittings and styling. And he is obviously trying to give me a lot of time for the preparation, which is amazing because other designers would just probably book me for like a rehearsal. And then they try to create something magical within like two days, and sometimes that is really impossible to create something like that on that level. And John is pretty much aware of that. And he is giving me like a lot of time to make sure everything just looks perfect. And I love that, you know what I mean? Like we have a lot of time to discuss ideas and, um. Obviously the first day I arrived there at the Margiela, he is showing me his inspirations and playing with the music. And then we just go straight to the fittings into the fittings and and then we create each character together. And and I think at this point he has so much trust to me that he just let me do my work before he sees any models already kind of ready to, you know, show him the look. So, Olivier Rezo would do his styling and then I would just go to the model and then I would just tell them to look in the mirror and see themselves and think about how they feel in this clothes. And then I would drop some ideas, like acting ideas, and I would be like, okay, how about you're going to move this way and that way? And I kind of usually show them on my own body. And then they kind of, sometimes ready to go. And my job is to, I guess, make John feel inspired, you know, I want him to get excited, you know? So like I said to you before he sees them wearing the look, I want them already to kind of give him some specific walk, some acting role, you know what I mean? So John gets excited about this whole show.
3: Do you have any sense that he, because you've worked with him for a while and he trusts yeah. you, that he's able to design for the movement that you're oh, able absolutely. to create? Yeah, yeah,
4: absolutely. And I think that's, you know, his expectations, that he just want me to
3: match the feeling that he creates. Because it is so not typical of a fashion show, the movement in that show, the movement that you've choreographed for him in his shows. In this particular show, for example, the way the women moved was a more, they were incredibly curvaceous, incredibly shapely. He really, the extreme shape there, he went for very kind of voluptuous women, which right away is very different yeah, from what we're used to seeing. Their movement was so different from the movement of the male models. But well, the male models looked tortured and they looked like... Tough. Tough and they, yeah, like they were cheeky. fighting through storms and fighting through a gale force wind. yeah. And that was the cut of the clothes I read, that the coats were cut yeah. to give that kind of urgency. But obviously you're creating the movement, that the urgent movement, that the clothes are yeah, like, I was curious about yeah, that.
4: John is a director, so he obviously is giving me ideas. He's telling me what he wants to see. And based on that, I just need to make sure that they move in the right way and... I do have a lot of freedom. He gives me a lot of freedom. He trusts me. But I always tell the models that sometimes it's better to give more than less. I think that's always the key. You know what I mean? Because then we can kind of take it down. If you don't like something, we can be like, okay, we didn't like this. You know, maybe you can do it a little bit calmer. But I don't know. For me, movement is so important. You know what I mean? Imagine watching that collection with like a street walk. I think for me, it's like, what is important is that if I'm part of the audience, I want to imagine how I would feel wearing those clothes, you know, who I would become. And who were those people?
3: Because it was set up with a film before, and, yeah. and there was that wonderful moment. I love when you're breaking the fourth wall when Leon Dame Leon Dame when he comes, he's walking down the street in the film and he go- opens a door, goes into the door and he walks onto the set of the show. I love things like that. Yeah. I'm such a sucker for kind of... But I, I, you know what? I was thinking if
4: I was actually like coming to watch that show, I wouldn't know where I would want to be if I would like try to be outside or inside because, you know, you see obviously that major opening, but then you're not part of what's happening inside. So you kind of missing out too. So
3: I was no, very confused. I was, I always was like, think oh. it's better to be inside, not outside. ways it's usually yeah, inside
4: was more like um, intimidating. I would say, right? To be inside,
3: yeah, yeah. You're much closer. Well, I don't think intimidating. Much more seductive because when Leon walks, and Leon, I, I think of Leon as being a very critical person in this in your relationship with John, your creative partnership with John, because. He seems to be the muse, John yeah. calls him his muses, these Close, kids, these yes. boys and girls who gets it the most from that moment four years ago where he walked in the show and blew everybody's heads. Oh, he
4: always did. He was always ready. And I think the magic with him is that he did his research like he knew who's John Galliano, you know, he watched his shows and I think he kind of understood the language, you know, of, of his magic. And I remember him coming to the fittings back in the day and he was just like asking me questions like, who am I? Who is, you know, what's my character? And I always loved that about him. You know what I mean? Like he was ready to create and a lot of models don't have that. You know, a lot of people just come to the fittings and they don't even pay attention what they're wearing,
3: which is really sad, isn't it? But four years ago, when he did that first walk, that really set the prototype. When he closed the show. Yeah, Yeah. he closed the show. Was that a spontaneous thing or had you actually worked with him on that? Yeah, we did. We did a little bit of work.
4: I mean, we basically focused about how he should obviously pose and the energy, but we gave him also a lot of freedom. But I think we didn't definitely expect, you know, what happened. Like we didn't think it's going to go viral like that. Because we were in the process of working, so we're not kind of making things to just break the internet, you know. We just want to create good work and be just so busy that we're not thinking about the impact. We just, like, want to create something that we feel is
3: right. Why do you think it went viral like that, though? Because when something like that happens it usually suggests that there's a real hunger, that people have just been waiting. They were waiting for a long
4: time. For a long time. A long time. Really? For a long
3: time. I
4: mean, it just felt very brave, right? Like his walk and attitude, and also the fact that, like, he did some, you know, contact with the audience and I think with Anna Winter, and it just felt very brave. And I think people also love the fact that he just didn't really care. Like, he didn't care. He just, knew that he is like great and he just went for it and also the music the clothes i think everything i don't know i mean it was like four years ago but i remember it went really viral and people were going nuts absolutely and i was so happy for him because he
3: deserves all the attention you know so it's been building since then through all the galliano shows you've done you did the move the inferno they're quite challenging because, as you say, people are used to going, sitting in a fashion show, models come out, they go yeah. and they go off and see another fashion show.
4: And I think that's why I started doing my job, because I got bored. I just didn't like where we, like the direction we're going towards. And, you know, I also modeled myself when I was younger and I did a show from Alexander McQueen and I wanted to give it all. And then people were like, I mean, not actually specifically with this show because i was basically booked for my queen show and we were doing rehearsals and i remember sarah just topped everything and she started being really annoyed with the models how they walk and she tried to find somebody and i was like who is she looking for and then she came to me and she grabbed my hands and she said thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I was like, what are you talking about? Thank for what? And she's like, you're the only one who understands the movement. And I love your work. Can you show everyone how it's done? And I was like, I'm not going to do that. And she's like, why not? I was like, everybody's going to hate me. She's like, come on, we're just going to play the music and you're just going to show them how it's done. And I was like, okay, you want it? You got it. So, <laughs> and then I did it. And but yeah, like I'm thinking now, I was always very much into fashion and I was watching a lot of shows like in the late 90s and 2000s and and even when I was a dancer, I kept buying like Italian Vogue and French Vogue all the time. And I kind of realized that everything is all about the product and no anymore about the story. We don't tell any stories. We're just focusing too much on
3: like how to sell the product and how to like... Make it look good. Uh, when you say Leon comes in and he says, what's my character? You know, like yeah. uh, Mr. Hitchcock, what's my motivation? It's exactly like Linda Evangelista. Yeah. I mean, it's like those incredible women. Absolutely. Who, who just and I always get phenomenon. so
4: frustrated with models because sometimes you feel when they just dare only for the money. They just don't care about the clothes. They don't care about who they work with. They don't care about the story, the mood board. But when I was a model, like when I was around, around sorry, like twenty twenty two, I was always like asking my agent, okay, who am I working with? Who's a stylist? I was doing my research, like trying to find their work on models.com. And then I was like showing up on set, asking people like, okay, well, like who am I today? You know what I mean? Who am I going to become? So later on, I realized that I guess I need to like step it up and start bringing that energy back into fashion.
3: Okay. Well, you feel that this is a a watershed moment, like a turning point that actually to make fashion so exciting, to make it so... Yeah, that was, that was, that was
4: my mission. And in 2015, I remember I told myself, okay, this is so boring. I'm so like, I don't want to buy any Vogue anymore. I don't want to like keep spending money on any magazines because I don't feel, I don't feel excited. And... I promise myself that I'm gonna start bringing that energy back to
3: fashion and create major runway moments. Did you research major runway moments and from the past? Did you look at Did you look at some of the great fashion Absolutely. shows? Absolutely. But them? I
4: was just like, you know, when I lived in Poland when I was a kid. First of all, I was always obsessed with MTV and VH1, and then it was fashion TV because there was no Instagram and. I remember Fashion TV was the only channel that could take you to backstage and show you how people work in fashion and obviously fashion shows. So I remember Fashion TV was all the time on, on my TV, you know, basically like six, eight hours a day. (laughs) So... I did my research when I was a kid and then when I was a teenager, but I wasn't doing it thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to become a movement director in like 15 years or something. You know what I mean? I just knew everything. And when I decided to become a movement director, I, it was just in me. You know what I mean? Because I kind of, I was just already fascinated by fashion. I knew who was John Galliano. I knew who was McQueen. queen.
3: So what, what is the difference between a movement director and a choreographer? To me,
4: choreography, I think it's making you more limited because you have to learn the steps. Movement direction is like being a director, but being a director who understands how to move. So I'm giving you directions. So I'm making you look good by taking the best out of you. That makes sense. I make you feel more free and I inspire you with my own body. I'm directing you. But with choreography, I give you exactly the steps you have to follow and follow again and again and again. With movement directions, it's obviously way different. You just feel more free. You just feel more inspired. But for me, it's not only like the movement, but also acting. And that's why I guess I went to study drum acting for about three years because through mine, you can get into, you know, human's, body and control them <laughs> and control the movement
3: because there've been some incredible choreographers who've, who've worked with fashion especially during the pandemic and after the pandemic when fashion needed to find another way to communicate yeah. um i mean uh, some of the best shows I've, I've ever seen have been in that period when you had people like damien jalet at undercover and carol Amitage at mark mm-hmm. jacobs and some amazing stuff but it's interesting when you say that that you feel that choreographers they actually direct the movement in a more specific way, yeah. whereas you're like a movie director with an actor, Yeah. and you give them a character, and yeah. within the character they have yeah the course. freedom to to do their interpretation. Yeah, because I
4: also want to, want them to understand why they're doing what they're doing. I don't want them to be like, oh, can you move this way, but then not give them any explanation why. That would be a bit. Silly, right? (laughs) I want them to have more fun. I want them to understand their character. And also, I think, you know, that's modeling. You become an actor, right? In front of the camera, they give you makeup, they give you hair, they give you different looks. And it's nice to kind of
3: take it that way. But that's the interesting thing, because as you said, so many models are not up to that challenge. And that was what was interesting about John's show, is that they weren't models that you see they weren't the usual models. So you, it just looking at that, you thought, oh well there's
4: there were a lot of like models that are actually working pretty good, but I think you couldn't recognize them because of their makeup.
3: Yeah. <laughs> no, I I recognize some of them. I mean, obviously there were there were people you'd seen in other shows, but yeah. there's a challenge to models that you're giving them a character and then giving them freedom to interpret that character.
4: Well you know what's interesting? I think they more open to work with us just because they so the impact of Leon and how everything went viral. So they kind of understood, oh my God, like I need to be more fun. I need to do something more crazy, probably on the runway, because that's what people want right now. You know what I mean? That's the, the attention.
3: Leon's the ultimate influencer.
4: Probably, yeah. And also I think it's, you know, what's amazing when now they feel more ready and they feel more open and they they get more excited. Like I don't need to push them so hard like before. I remember before I have to like teach them more and more and give them more notes. And I think nowadays they just collaborate with me a little bit more, which is nice. I think what was amazing about this show that we just did with John was I remember we were watching the main rehearsal and they were wearing shoes, their own clothes and the corsets and the whole rehearsal got standing ovation by everyone who was in the room. And I never seen anything like it because I thought, oh my God, they're not even having a makeup done. They're not having hair. They're not even wearing a clothes. We just hear the music and they're working, they walking, sorry, in their own clothes. And that is already getting standing ovation. That was insane. That was really insane. I never, I never, I never experienced something like it. And I think for the first time in my history, you know, with working, uh, with John, I felt, um, pretty calm. I mean, after the last rehearsal, I felt, I think I can chill for now because it was just magical and I knew the show going to be amazing. I was just like, wow, if I see something like, like this and everybody from the team, Daffy, Padma, McGrath, John, giving them, you know, standing ovation... I, was like, I can't even imagine what it's going to look like when they're going to be ready in their own, I mean, in the clothes and, you know, full makeup and hair.
3: That was a quite extreme assignment in every way. Uh, I mean, it was the intensity of the storytelling. That the The whole thing was a very complete experience, and it was quite overwhelming, and people cried. I mean, I almost could cry when I think about it. It was just so overwhelming. But... Then I go, I look at what you did with Haida Ackerman when he was the the guest designer at Jean-Paul Gaultier, a completely different kind of movement, yeah. but equally kind of enthralling to see the women on that runway moving in a very, very different way, but obviously interpreting a, a very specific idea. So tell me about that, because it's such a contrast and it really shows <laughs> how movement direction can... You know what it can really add to a variety of shows uh yeah i did that show i think last year
4: right in january and then i think i was there with harder only for two days i wasn't there that long but i remember i lost my voice during the the show day just because i had about 45 models you know we did the feedings the day before and then i remember I mean, the show would look completely different if I didn't tell the production to bring me each model before they go straight to hair and makeup, because I knew there is no time. You know, a lot of girls, like supermodels, they just want to arrive two hours before the show to get hair and makeup done. And I had, like, you know, the Jean Paul Gaultier, the building, the space is super, super big, and I had to obviously create the walk and the choreography, how and where they ending, and you know, and. I remember like grabbing each model before they were going to her and makeup and try to explain what I want one by one. So I had to speak to about 45 models and I, I lost my voice, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I mean, I can't really remember what I was telling them because obviously that was like last year. But we spoke with Hyder I mean, he's such an amazing guy and I mean, such a gentleman and It was amazing to work with him, but he wanted to keep everything super like classy. But I was like, you know what? We got to go hard. Like, Let's just do more couture. You know what I mean? It was obviously couture. That was your
3: your decision to do that. I I, I wanted to push
4: the movement a little bit more. But I think with some designers, they just feel, they just don't want them to maybe look too theatrical. That makes sense. So I was thinking in my head, okay, everything about this collection is major. Like even hair done by Eugene and makeup done by Lucy Bridge. It was insane. And I was thinking, okay, I got it. I got to do something specific here. So we only had music. We only, sorry, had music that was about, I think, maybe 10 minutes. And I was like, guys, this we're never going to get the show done in 10 minutes. We need about 30 minutes because we need to see a lot of space. We need to let them breathe. And I think Hider was on the same page. She was like, there's just way too many people on the runway. And we only had one rehearsal for that show, only one with everyone. But I was freaking out. <laughs> but I remember some members of the team were already telling me that it looks amazing, so I shouldn't stress, but I remember I went to the guy who was actually producing the music and I said, listen, we need to have another 20 minutes. <laughs> so he did that. And I remember like standing backstage with Hyder and the rest of the team. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna like create things on spot because I don't have time. Like we are about to start the show. So I was like going to each model and I was like looking what they're wearing and I was like, okay, you're moving this way. Okay. You're moving that way. Okay. See this part. Okay. You're going to turn around. And da-da-da-da. so I was just
3: going nuts. Like well, I, was I, I was imagining you with, with Irving Penn Books of Irving Penn And Richard Abaddon photographs Yeah so I was it, just it like Writing things It in wasn't my like that though I mean it wasn't researched You actually were making that up On the yeah, spot Yeah And I oh. always work
4: like, always, I always work like this I don't like to I mean I don't really do a lot of research I mean I do research In terms of like music. I like when music is taking me somewhere. And I think music is the only thing that really inspires me to create movement. So I need to have a good playlist and that's all I need. And I obviously need to see the collection and who we're working with and the set and lighting is super important. And that is giving me enough information to create something for designers. We'll be right back with more
2: on the BOF podcast.
0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
5: Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools,
0: Swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that street where you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
6: Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef grade range recently and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off limits. Luxury Beyond Limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
3: Now, movement direction um, doesn't only apply to runway shows. It also applies to photo shoots. And, you know, my friend Stephen Galloway has been working on these. Yeah, I love Stephen. He's amazing.
4: Yeah. Uh, And And he does
3: incredible
4: job with Miley Cyrus. And I was actually watching yesterday Grammys and I just loved her performance. And I actually DM him yesterday. I was like, oh, my God, that was iconic.
3: Well done. So your profession has a very wide application. Yeah. I mean, you can work not just in, in fashion. Like, I'm surprised that people who I think of as being really, yeah. really secure and like really they have a very, very clear idea of themselves and what they do and how they do it and why they do it. It just seems interesting to me that they bring in a movement director to help them yeah. find their bodies in a particular yeah. situation. It's a very interesting idea to me. I mean, it'd be like if I said to you, well, I'm going to be married next week. Yeah, Could yeah. you help me to I feel like, yeah, But I feel like
4: that is usually coming from the director because they understand that they need some help because they maybe understand they don't know how to explain the movement to, you know, specific person who is in front of their camera, so they don't know how to show it. And they're pretty aware that, you know, they need me. So then they introduce me to the talent and usually they're quite excited, you know, to have some help because there's a lot of going on on set. So it's like a good help. I would want a movement director every day.
3: Do you meet people that it's really difficult to do that with? Do you come across people who kind of resist the idea? Um, Or are they really, really willing just to, because they know you're going to make them look a hell of a lot better? You know what? I feel like men usually have a problem with me. Oh yeah, I I could see that.
4: They usually feel like I'm their competition and I'm like, I'm here to help you. I'm here to like make you look good. I'm not trying to make myself look good. I'm not in front of the camera. I'm here to make you look, I don't know, just... Sexy, good, you know, and sometimes it's you know their ego, but it doesn't Who? happen. You want the names, right? <laughs> yes. It, <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't happen so much recently, though. It doesn't happen so much recently Are they because they're competitive. I feel like, do you think they're competitive when you're trying to tell them how to? Yeah. All directors were so competitive with me with me before because they were jealous. I guess that they they didn't know how to maybe move and show it, you know, themselves. And I was always sad about it because I was like, I'm part of your team. I'm not here to like be a competition. I'm not your competition. I'm here to make your work look better. or I'm here to like have fun. And it was just sad to me that Sometimes I was getting like attitude from people, but it doesn't happen that often anymore. It was only happening at the beginning of my career because when I started doing it in 2015, people didn't understand what is movement direction. So they didn't know why I'm on set. You know what I mean? So if I was like trying to take a little bit control, they would start freaking out. They would be like, why this guy is like... Showing well, you know, if you think about it, you have a vocal
3: coach to tell you how to talk. Absolutely. So you have a movement coach yeah. to tell you how to move. But what do you think, you said 2015, people were still kind of not sure about the idea. What do you think the turning point was for you when people actually began to realize that this guy's going to make me look a hell of a lot better than I than I do? Was there one thing that happened, you think, where, was I, it Leon?
4: Um, I don't know. I feel, like defi- I, I feel like the first three years were really interesting because I, I was a bit exhausted always explaining myself, why am I here? I'll get booked by the production and then I would be still on set telling people, who am I? And <laughs> that was so weird. I mean, then my work started to be a little bit more around and people like were more interested in what I'm doing and, and I think they developed more trust in me, yeah.
3: Who are your favorite people to um, work with? What sort of people are the most receptive to
4: what you want to do? I think the fact that I can work with John Galliano is the biggest gift and I couldn't ask for more. I mean, I'm working with the greatest designers and he's just so inspiring, you know what I mean? Like when you work with someone who does such a good research, but his passion to his job is, for me for a young person, so inspiring, I'm like, oh my God, I really want to have the same amount of energy that John has when I'm at his age, because we can be in the studio till late night and he's still paying attention to the smallest details. And Mm -hmm. I'm really amazed by that. And I remember when I started actually working with him, I was thinking, I was like, okay, what's next? Like, who am I going to work with now? Like, there is no one better than him. So I think for me, now I try to collaborate with people that inspire me. Because I know myself, if I don't like the job or, you know, their ideas, I'm not going to deliver good work, you know, I need to feel it. And with John, I always do.
3: So what does happen next after that show where everybody's still talking about and after people have seen what that can do for somebody's career? I mean, yeah. whether you're a designer or a model or whatever. But what about, you know, movies? I think about movies like The Matrix, for example, where movement is critical to the, to the story. Really? Yeah. And, you know, it seems to me that, that the whole idea of entertainment how people expect to be entertained now has become really, really sophisticated, and it seems like there would be a lot of opportunities in that for you. Do you get approached for i mean if like I that? get any opportunities,
4: why not? but I felt before that I just have to focus on, you know, fashion just because that was definitely missing, you know. You can see a lot of movement in movies like Matrix, but you couldn't see any of that on the runway for the last, I don't know, 15 years. So I was like, okay, let me start here and let me get my work done with a specific subject and then I can maybe focus on other things.
3: But Yeah, what do you see for your future then? At the moment, you're just kind of living in the moment. Where do I see my future?
4: I don't know. I don't really know. I mean, I definitely like... I I kind of been told a lot of times that I should start taking images, you know, and I like photography a lot, but I'm also aware of the fact that if I become a photographer, I would also be a competition to (laughs) other photographers. I wouldn't probably be getting booked as much as a movement director. So it's a bit tricky, you know what I mean? Because now I collaborate with photographers, but then i would just have to create movement for my own images but at the same time you know i'm a libra i don't like planning things i like to go with the flow i like being spontaneous. And that's why I like creating shows because you don't know what's going to happen. And I love the adrenaline with it.
3: Do you think it's more interesting in a way to work within somebody else's framework, to bring what you do to somebody else's Sometimes,
4: I think I've been thinking about it a lot of times because I actually like the fact that I collaborate with a lot of different people and every job is different. And I like coming on set and not knowing what I'm going to do. And I think that's the most exciting thing about my job. And I think if I was a photographer, I would have to plan everything and make sure that I know what I'm doing <laughs> and with being a movement director, you know I, I don't like when photographers or production sometimes asking me, "Oh, can you send us some references?" I'm like, "No one, I'm just gonna make you good playlist. <laughs> because what was really annoying for me in the past was that I was creating all those mood boards and then we would have maybe wrong casting, and I wouldn't be able to to do what I was planning to do. And I would be frustrated and angry on set. And I thought, you know what? Let me just keep it chill, keep it open. I know how I work. I know I can be very quick. So let me just have some ideas in my mind, but let me first meet the person I have to work with, which is the model or actor in front of the camera, because I don't know what they're gonna do, right? I don't know. Like, If I never worked with them before, I don't know if they're gonna be willing to um collaborate or if actually they're gonna be good
3: movers it it seems like filmmaking would be a really obvious thing to do because that's movement and control of of the whole situation i mean is is that a sort of challenge that you'd be kind of happy to confront at some point in the future that you would actually yeah would actually bring in everything you love to do music movement yeah i like i like definitely
4: (laughs) working with singers And I like working with those singers that don't like to do choreography because they just want to kind of understand what's their language and they want to know how to move on stage, you know, something pretty that, you know, even Steven does right now with Miley, right? It's nice to kind of create that persona and that is really exciting. And I love
3: music, so... Do you see people and you think, oh, I would love to get my hands on them and fix them? You know, do, oh, yeah. Do, who? <laughs> oh, my God. I would get canceled. <laughs> names, names. No, I'm curious. Name them. Name them. Maybe they're waiting for somebody like you to come along and they just don't know how to I go know, about I
4: know. I know which designer I want to work with, for sure. I really want to work with Marc Jacobs. And I'm not saying that because he hasn't done any... Like choreography in his shows, but I'm so, it would be so exciting for me to work with someone also like from America. I never work with Americans. I mean, I do, but like only photo shoots, but never really shows. And I would love to create something that is
3: mine in America. <laughs> see, you put it out there. Now it's in the ether. Let's see what happens. You said 2015 was uh, when you first started doing this, when you first started doing it. Yeah. Was that the McQueen? That wasn't the McQueen show, though. That wasn't when the idea first came to you, that movement direction was something. McQueen happened, contribute. I think, in 2012.
4: Oh, so it was way back then. Oh. Yeah, and then until I was 25, I was very lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my with myself. I didn't know. I was just very frustrated because I would have a lot of ideas and I would just start doing something and never, never finishing it. And my mom was like, why are you like... Painting and why are you now taking pictures or why you want to be a DJ? Why you want to be an actor? You know what I mean? I was just searching a lot. But I think now looking back, I'm so grateful that I was so curious because now I kind of use everything that I did in the past, you know, at my job, right? The acting and dancing background. and Where were you dancing? So I was dancing for some artists, but it was in Poland, No one you know. (laughs) But um, then I was a model. And then through modeling, I realized that I love acting. So then I started taking a lot of acting classes for about three years. And then after that, I moved to London in 2014. And then I was still a model, but I hated it so badly. I didn't want to be a model. Like, I didn't like to call myself a model. I hated it. I hated when people were like asking me, what do I do? And then I had to say it. And I was always like, I'm a performer. I work in fashion. (laughs) And I remember I was um, working as a creative assistant with Aaron Sillis. And he used to work with FK Twix for about a few years. And then he was the one who actually brought me back into dance. Cause I just didn't think I would do it again, and he was so inspiring, and the way he was working was so different that I was like, "Oh my god, maybe I should just go back." And he was like, "I think you you got something in you. You should start doing it again." And I started working as a, as his um creative assistant, so I was helping him, you know, develop a lot of ideas for music videos or shows, and I would travel with him, and then he told Fk Twix that I wanna become a movement director. And then she, I don't know why, but she asked him if I wanna do movement direction for her shoot. And he called me because I think he was somewhere, he was away and he called me, He's like, listen, FK Twix doing this photo shoot and she wants you to be on set with her. And I was like, oh my God, this is happening actually. And he felt like it was meant to be, you know, because I kept thinking about it already for a few months. And then when she asked me to do the shoot with her, I thought, If I'm gonna do this shoot with her, that's definitely my career. I know like this not gonna end pretty soon. (laughs) And then I did the job with her. And once the magazine was out, I started getting a little bit of attention from other photographers. And that's how it started. But I didn't know really what was movement direction. I didn't like I was pretty green. Like I just heard from Aaron that you know, there are some choreographers working on set, like fashion shoots. And I was like, really? And I kept thinking, I was like, maybe I'll be good at it. But I didn't know who was like Stephen Galloway. I didn't know who was Les child. And I think once I started obviously doing more jobs, I was like, okay, can I become a professional movement director? Can I, you know, can this kind of be my job? So then I discovered first, I think, Les child. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So this is, his career. And then someone told me, I think about Stephen Galloway working with Inez in Vinod. So I was, I mean, I was happy that there is no many people doing that job. How many Steve. people do you reckon are doing it? Definitely more. When I started doing it, it was just Stephen Galloway and Les Child in fashion. And now I, I think I was the third one.
3: And I think now definitely a few more. And I just wonder where it goes. I think what the Galeano show established was that there's a real appetite as we said for that level of i think theatricality yeah you you said people were scared of theatricality but i don't think they're scared of it now i think there's a hunger for it that
4: but they didn't they were so i think they were so disconnected from the reality that they didn't know that that would maybe be something fresh for them because they'd done it in the past you know so they're, maybe they were thinking oh
3: did you did, did you look that? when you went back and looked at Galliano shows like his Dior couture shows and things insane was there a move there wasn't a movement director on those shows was there i actually i don't think so I well, think when the John's models coming down the stairs at the opera galliano they yeah, were just doing their i think thing. it was just
4: old john cuz remember that video with john and cade when she's running with this big dress that is the best example of how he works and how he can inspire everyone in the room
3: you never went back and looked at those shows and thought, oh, boy, what I could have done with those. If I'd been directing the movement on those shows, how how much more thrilling they might have been. I mean, they were thrilling, but... I never watched
4: those shows thinking I would do it better. No, never. <laughs> no, that's no, because they're oh, yeah, amazing. And they're amazing. But, like, sometimes I'm, like, thinking, oh, my God, I wish Alexander McQueen was still here and I could collaborate with him, you know, because his shows were also like insane. So I'm watching sometimes his work and thinking, I wonder what he would be doing now and if I could be part of that. So yeah, more that, but I don't think, I don't think John ever been working before with choreographers. I think models were just so good. They didn't
3: need anyone. It was just John and them, and that's it. Yeah, that's an, that's a very, very good point. There there were a lot of those women on his catwalk who yeah. were born actresses. And also it
4: was like a different way of modeling. They knew that they have to do something else than just a walk. They knew they need to become a character to
3: inspire the designers to get the job. Do you think that, that a time like that could come again? Do you think that...
4: I think it is happening right
3: now. Okay, thank you for I saying that. I guess, it. right? Thank you for saying that. I hope it. so. I really I hope, hope so. so. Because you actually so. said that you, you looked at years and years where fashion was just product. It was. And, yeah. and now there's a sense with that show the other day with a few other things that have happened, there's a sense. I really think that car, what choreographers have brought to fashion is a wildness and a creativity and a passion, as I said before, that, that is lifting it. One thing that was interesting in the in the artisanal show was that Gwendolyn Christie yeah. was a surprise finale, oh like a special guest. Now, she is a incredibly good actress. Yeah, professional. And and she gave a really magnificent Academy Award-winning performance in that show. How different is it when you have somebody who's used to the performance, uh, as opposed to when you're working with all those young models who I mean, she wants to understand everything. Why?
4: Who am I? Why am I wearing this look? Um, What's the music like? Show me the location. Where am I walking? She needs to know every single detail. So I think that's the biggest difference because she really is collaborating with you and asking you a lot of questions. And it's nice to kind of, you know, get some feedback, you know, it's just like, well, why would you do that? Why would I look this way? Okay, where's the mirror? Oh, who am I when I'm. You know, why I'm am I in
3: this mirror? great big broken doll? Yeah. Okay, so, and but that is good. That is interesting for you, though, when somebody oh comes God, back incredible. to you on a sort we were of professional We talking about this character level. for about two hours,
4: I think. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking and talking. We couldn't stop talking. We went to this, like, we actually couldn't find um, a free room in Margella um, building and. No, actually they gave us a room, but the floor was so slippery that I was like, no, we're not going to be practicing your walk here. So we went to this kind of tiny corridor and we put a speaker in there and we were like, okay, let's just do it here. And so we were in this really, really tiny corridor, like talking about her character. And at the same time, we were like, oh my God, can you believe we're doing that tomorrow? This is crazy. And I think I was just very excited for her because I don't think... Or maybe I don't remember that there were any actors walking in Kalyana shows back in the day.
3: No, I think it was just movies. no, unless you consider that Linda was the greatest actress in, of the course, of well, like but,
4: you know, film actress. Yeah,
3: no, no, they weren't. No,
4: no. So I think she was pretty the first one. I think I told her that, and she was like, "This is insane!" And she was so excited, and also like she loves John and. And I think it was really so cool to like see her just being so overwhelmed that she's part of it. She was like, I can't believe I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? She's just so grounded at the same time. So cool. It was so nice to me because uh, John was doing feedings with her and he was like, okay, like I'm just going to do my feedings with her and I'm going to call you once she's ready. And then he was like... Patsy, where are you? He's calling me Patsy because there is another Pat. So, you know, Pat McGrath. So it's less confusing for us if I'm being called Patsy by John. So he was calling me Patsy and then he introduced me to her and then she's like, oh, hi, Pat, nice to meet you. And then she went, you Pat Bogoslavski, I know your work. I'm so excited to work with you. And I was like, "Do you know me?" She's like, "Yeah, of course I know you."
3: So, you got to get used to that. That's going to happen a, a whole lot more surely.
4: But it was just so nice, you know, by someone like her that she knew my work and I could tell that she kind of understand what I'm doing with John's shows and she knew that I'm going to start practicing her work and her character. So that was already a really cool start for me. I was like, okay, she's ready to work.
3: I think one thing that comes across really strongly in these shows that you've done is the role of the audience. Yeah. And I, I really love how in these shows you've seen the models doing things you don't see models doing in other shows. They're interacting with people. Yeah. Like they're being told to do that. Like you're, like when yeah. Leon comes out, sometimes it's really scary, actually. Yeah. It's like Almost scary. He looks at you and you're like... Oh. There's this is element of unpredictability or tension or whatever. This is a deliberate thing, is yeah. it? I mean, for me, I want the audience to feel
4: like they're part of the show. You know, they're actually part of the show. So I remember when I used to take acting classes and we had other people in the room, and my teacher told me, use them, like talk to them. Like if you giving you know your monologue why don't you just you know staring why, why are you staring at the wall why don't you just look into their eyes and tell them that whatever you want to say so for me i try to always explain to the models like use them for your character if you see someone interesting or like someone sexy just i don't know play with them if you want to right because that's gonna make you look more interesting and more believable so the same thing i was doing but this show that I was telling the girls, you know, funny stories. I was like, you know, if you see, like, an attractive man, why don't you try to get any money from him?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: and they loved it, you know what I mean? They were like, can I? And I was like, of course. Like, I don't know, maybe, like, touch his ear or, like, you know, his shoulder, you know, like, do a little dance in front of him. Like, I like when people feel very intimidated yeah it's it's exciting and i love the adrenaline with that comes with it and like i said to you before why they would be just staring at the camera only if there's so many people sitting around you know it's kind of exciting just to like see who's
3: well, watching this is, you this is all part of of bringing this new energy to fashion making it making it relate making and i think relatable. making
4: everyone feel present
3: yeah We're here in this room. Like, let's not pretend that
4: there is nobody around. (laughs) That's silly. Like, let's just, you know, be very here
3: and now and just have a little bit of fun. I wanted to um, just ask you quickly about the scene we started with Galeano, started with artisanal at Majella. Are you surprised at the intensity of the reaction to the Galeano show? I'm not. I'm
4: not. I mean, to be honest with you, I didn't tell this anybody. I was crying after the show. Like I had to leave the backstage and I had to cry for like one minute. And I want to cry even now because it's just a masterpiece. And I was just so part of being you know, involved and also talking to some people who were part of it that seen so much in the 90s. And that was so interesting that they were coming to me and they were like, oh my God. I feel alive again. And I didn't feel the same way since 97, 95. And I was just like, this is the biggest compliment. You know what I mean? To hear that from someone who'd been part of the biggest shows in the 90s. So I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised because I was so emotional. And I remember, you know, people were coming backstage and and they were literally crying. And I knew it's going to be... I, I just couldn't wait for the next day. I was just like, okay, let's see tomorrow what's going to happen <laughs> because that night was already so overwhelming. But um, getting those compliments from people that been in fashion for 30 or 40 years was the biggest gift for me because I was like, wow, it could, if, I, if we could bring that energy back, that's the reason why I'm part of this and that's
3: the really reason why I'm doing my job. Well, you deserved it and thank you so much, Pat.
4: Thank you so much. It was absolutely a pleasure.
3: The
2: BOF podcast is edited and produced by Emma Clark and Eric Bria in the BOF studio team.
6: Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off limits. luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
5: Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yoquiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.
0: This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it.